From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The number of deaths from opioid overdoses has doubled in Onondaga County, and today I'm talking about that with Dr. Ross Sullivan. He's an assistant professor of emergency medicine at Upstate and the director of medical toxicology. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Sullivan. Thank you very much. Good being here. So you're looking at the first six months of 2020 compared to the first half of 2019, right? And Onondaga County had twice as many deaths from opioids. Is that right? Yeah, that uh, that seems to be what the data is showing. So is it all because of the pandemic in some way? Well, you know, I think that the pandemic certainly has a big role in this Um increase of uh, opioid epidemic, uh, certainly. And um, I think it's multifactorial. Um, I think that um, in one hand, I think the pandemic in and of itself uh, increases things like just, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, would thusly increase uh, drug use. Um, it also increases um, solitude and being alone, which we know is one of the most dangerous situations for a drug user to use in. Couple that with the closures that we've been having um, to decrease the connectivity uh, and the touch points for these patients, uh, including treatment centers. And although treatment is still occurring um, at most levels, uh, it is less in person in general uh, than it has been in the past. And I think when you, you know, a couple of these things together, we, um, you know, you have a, a dangerous intersection of that Venn diagram. And unfortunately, we're seeing increased overdoses. Uh, as a result, which uh, which drugs in particular are implicated the most often? Well, you know we you know here we in our deaths we still see a, a large amount of these deaths being attributed to heroin and fentanyl. You know, um, and actually mostly fentanyl in terms of um, what is driving the opioid epidemic, and that's something we've seen now for the past several years. Actually, um, is that fentanyl is the main driver in opioid overdose deaths. Um, and that's still the case. Um, fentanyl uh, currently is still really driving the um, driving this overdose death rate. Um, it's incredibly dangerous. Um, and don't forget, though, that still other opioids still kill. And that's what you know. It's important to tell people too is that um, pills and prescription opioids still, you know, uh, cause some death as well. Um, but fentanyl, for sure, is by and way the largest culprit. Now, is fentanyl the uh, the drug that is put into heroin without a person necessarily knowing that they're going to get the fentanyl in the heroin? Yeah. So fentanyl still, um, you know, I think in the beginning several years ago, um, you know, the fentanyl in the supply was kind of um, hit or miss. I think that is still sometimes the case today, but I think that also um, scary, scarily that you know as um, you know, drug users continue to use, they um, they start to now seek out fentanyl too. So um, you have a situation where sometimes it's not known that's in it and other times it is being sought out now. Um, it's very dangerous, you know, and, and it's, it shows you the power of what we say things are like tolerance and dependences, right? It's very biologic and physiologic, right? And um, needing that the reinforcement um, chemically in the brain is very is very um, it's needed uh, biologically by these drug users. So it's a very powerful 
um, stimulus, um, and unfortunately, the fentanyl is very is very dangerous. Do you know if other areas of the country are seeing dramatic increases in in the overdose deaths? Uh, yeah, I think that what we're seeing, certainly in the state of New York, we're seeing um, overdose deaths almost universally go up throughout all counties. Um, nationally, we're seeing similar numbers all over the country um, of overdose deaths increasing. Um, again, what I mentioned earlier is important, but also just decreased financial resources, you know, of governments and and modalities are, are strapped for money and for resources, and we're just, you know, maybe not getting to the people. So we are seeing it nationally, um, you know, concerned about what the 2020 national numbers will be. Um, and also here locally and in the state, it seems like those will all be increased as well. Are these overdoses thought to be mostly accidental overdoses or are these suicides? Uh, I think the thought is that most of them are accidental. Um, we do know that suicides in general are up as well. Um, there's not a ton of evidence or belief that um, that drug use or that accident, you know, using heroin or fentanyl um, is a big driver of suicide deaths. Certainly it is. Um, we believe that the drive of death, so in part, sure, suicide, but mostly accidental drug deaths yeah, due to just all the things that we mentioned before. Um, you know, people just using more, more dangerous, you know, the dangerously, uh, people are getting drugs from new suppliers and new, and new dealers you know, just less resources, less people to reach out to. Now, I heard that the federal CDC, um, there was a survey commissioned that found 13% of adults had started or increased substance use to cope with the stress of the pandemic, basically. Do you have a sense that that's what happened? Are these new people, like, that are new to drug use? I think you're seeing, yeah, I think you're seeing uh, both. I think you're seeing people... Um, well, I think you're seeing three things. You're seeing people who have been using drugs use more. I think you see people who, who have been abstinent from using drugs using again. And I think you do see people who have not used drugs using. Um, you know, one of the, I know we're talking about opioids and opiates now, but um, for instance, alcohol use. Um, the data for people using alcohol has increased greatly. And, um, and a lot of these people who are now abusing alcohol, we're finding are people who really did not have abuse in their past, or maybe they had a potential for abuse. Um, but due to the pandemic and, you know, and all the stress of the situation, we are seeing new people enter treatment um, due to new or uh, recurrent use. So it really is, it really is worrisome. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Ross Sullivan. He's an assistant professor of emergency medicine and the director of medical toxicology at Upstate. And we're talking about how opioid overdose deaths have doubled in Onondaga County during the pandemic. So these are trying times. And if many of the people who are dying from opioid use are trying to escape the depression, the dire circumstances, the isolation, are there safe alternatives to be suggested? Well, there's two things. Um, harm reduction being that, you know, to try to use safely if you're going to use, um, you know, is there a safer, you know, intravenous drug to another? I mean, that's a difficult conversation, but, you know, we do tell people to try to, you know, use with other people, um, you know, try to have Narcan or Naloxone with you, um, you know, use clean needles, 
you know, try to get from a supplier, you know, and sometimes people feel uncomfortable talking about harm reduction, but it is an important tool and maybe more important now than, than ever, right? To, if you're gonna use, use safely. That's, you know, the first thing. The second thing is that there are still resources out there. Um, drug treatment facilities are still taking patients. Some of it is by telephone, some of it's virtual, some of it's still live, but you, it, they are still taking patients for the most part right now. And things like uh, self-help groups like uh, AA and NA are still operating, most of which may be virtual, um, some may be distance, but there are still avenues to reach out for help. Um, so, you know, I tell people just because you think you're alone, you're still not, or, you know, we're all going through this, you know, go to a local treatment center, um, you know, they still will engage you, you know, there's therapy and counseling or medications, um, you know, maybe how we, we deliver it's a little bit different, um, but there are still resources out there to help you. You, you mentioned Narcan or Naloxone. Have you seen that save lives during the pandemic? It works all the time. You know, the number of patients I speak to on a weekly basis who tell me they've used it or they need some more. Um, I think that I, you know, the emphasis has shifted quite a bit. Um, in you know, in terms of public health, which I understand. Um, so there's not as much focus or talk about Narcan, but Narcan is one of these things that just saves lives and makes sense. It's like wearing seatbelts, right? Um, you know, it's something that we need to continue to talk about, continue to get in the community, um, especially now. And I think that um, we're starting to see a, re a return to interest in places trying to learn to be Narcan trained um, and get and get the drug of Narcan with them. So we're really pushing that in as many avenues as possible to get it back into the community. So can people still obtain Narcan from a pharmacy to, to have like in their household? Uh, absolutely. There's um, there's a non-patient-specific uh, agreement in the entire state uh, that says that almost every, if not every, pharmacy um, can dispense it to you without a prescription, and it, and the state will cover up to forty dollars of a copay. It's called NCAP, NCAP uh, program, um, where the state will supplement it with forty dollars of a copay of Narcan. Uh, also, however, additionally, every single physician can write it as a as a prescription. So, you know, we're trying to get the word out to patients and and providers that you should be writing Narcan for patients, even if they're not a, a quote unquote drug user. If they're on pain pills or a pain patch, you know, think about getting Narcan into their home because a lot of overdose deaths still involve accidental pill overdoses. Um, we give it away in our emergency department to patients at Upstate through a program I run, and also nearby drug treatment centers like Helio Health and whatnot offer Narcan trainings all the time. Um, so you can usually sometimes get state um, issued actual kits of Narcan for free in other ways as well. Well, let me ask you, for people who have an addict or a drug user in their lives, and we can't really be together in person the way we might be if there wasn't a pandemic, what are some of the things, what can we do to help? I mean, how do we make sure that they're going to be okay? Well, you know, you got to find any way to be there with them and connect with them, you know, whether it's telephone, video. Um, you know, I tell people who, who have loved ones who suffer with this disease of addiction, you know, that it's like any disease, unfortunately. You, you, you want to be there. You want to know they're okay. Um, but um, 
you know, patients will have to, you know, seek medication or help or treatment, you know, on their own. So it, it's the, the most important thing is to know that um, to be there for somebody, listen to them, talk to them, be open-minded um, and, um, you know, get, give them Narcan, have Narcan and try to get them medication, try to get them help. You know, we have the opioid bridge clinic here at Upstate, you know, we take anybody you can call, you know, we'll take the patient where um, we can offer medication, you know, offer to, you know, help the patient and how they want to need to be helped, not necessarily how you as a parent think they need to be, because it doesn't work that way, you know. Um, and it's hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, right, to understand that. Um, but just be a conduit of support for the person. Um, talk to them, call them, Zoom them, um, and try to help them you know, get connected to a treatment facility. We have a, we're lucky actually about quite a bit here in central New York um, that really do excellent work. And, um, you know, just try to get them connected. Well, you mentioned the bridge clinic, um, and that's something that you started at Upstate through the emergency department. Can you tell us how would people access that during COVID? I mean, there's some restrictions, right? Or, uh, Well, yeah, you know, because, you know, we still um, are taking patients um, in person, if you like, if you're somebody that uh, needs to be seen in person, um, um, we will see you, and we you know take necessary precautions. Um, we also um, do things virtually by uh, whether it's telephone or by a video chat. So for people who can't come in or don't want to come in or should not come in, uh, we also are offering um, virtual um, sessions. Um, which is extremely helpful, especially people, we see people from all over the, you know, the North country as well. So for people who really can't travel, there's restrictions, you know, we will also video um, um, health you as well. Um, so, you know, all you have to do is call, um, you know, if someone's listening, the number is, you know, 315-464-3745. Um, and we will set up whichever type of appointment that you, um, that you need or want. The, the bridge clinic is designed for someone who wants to stop using drugs. No, we, you know, we, if you do want to stop using drugs, we will help and assist you. We prescribe medications like buprenorphine. Um, some people hear the trade name like suboxone, um, but we prescribe buprenorphine. We prescribe naloxone and we also refer to treatment. So if someone needs inpatient, outpatient, um, some, you know, um, if they need a psychiatrist, you know, we, we see people with substance use disorder, um, even if you um, weren't really sure if you wanted to stop or slow down, we will talk to you, counsel you, and kind of give you, you know, offer you alternatives. Um, so we're really here for the drug user who's on anywhere on the spectrum. Um, you know, we'll try to meet you where you're at to try to at least, at the very least, make your use safer. Um, but our goal is to get you on um, life-saving medication like buprenorphine or refer you somewhere um, to, you know, help you help a patient get what they need. Well, this has been very important information. Thank you to Dr. Ross Sullivan, Director of Medical Toxicology and an Assistant Professor of Emergency Medicine at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.